Thank you for streaming the audio messages of the Fountain Church. It's a true story. When you think when you think of last words, you think of this is going to be epic, right? You think this is going to live in eternity, and and you want to give something profound and deep and inspirational. True story. A man was on death row here in California, and they asked him, "What would you like for your last words to be?" And he goes, man, I've been preparing for this for a long time. And so they walked up to him and said, okay, now's the time. What is your last words? And as God is my witness, you can Google this. His last words were, Raiders. What? What? Somebody right now just pulled out their phone and is Googling that. That is a true story. And so when you think about Jesus and you think about Jesus giving his last words, you're going to think that Jesus is going to break it all down. And even the disciples in the book of Acts chapter 1, it starts off with my former book, Theophilus, what I began to write to you about what Jesus began to do and to teach up until the day that he ascended. So this is the opening statement, verses 1, 2, and 3 right there. And then all of a sudden, the disciples look at Jesus they're like, hey, Jesus, will you now tell us when you're going to return and, and how it's going to all come together? And are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They're expecting him to give some deep theological answer. And instead of going deep, Jesus goes very shallow. Very shallow. Like, he really brings the cookies down to the bottom shelf and says, I'm about to break this down so everybody can understand. And in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, these are his last words right here. He said, but you shall receive power. Right? Look at that. The first you, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's twice, and you will be my witnesses. That's three times in one verse. He said this sermon is all about you so that you could be a witness to me, unto me, and all of where? And all of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to gather in your name. Jesus, as, I, as you speak to me, speak through me as I surrender myself to you, Lord, trusting that every word that comes henceforth is of you. Father, I pray that the seed would not land on spoiled ground but on good ground, that it would make a difference and we'd apply what we received. In Jesus' name, we all said so does anybody want to tell me what this is? What is this? Anybody, can you see it? Duct tape, right? Duct tape. You know what's interesting if you were to Google duct tape, um, depending on how far you go back, but duct tape was a failed invention. Can you believe that? Now, they first invented it, they say, for the, during World War I, and what it, was, what it was to do was to help the soldiers uh, tape up their guns, their ammunition, and a few other things, but in the 1950s sometimes, we're not sure, Somebody purchased this because they thought of a different use for this, which it gets its name from duct tape, not D-U-C-K, but D-U-C-T, because he was starting an adventure off into a little-known thing at that time called HVAC systems. We know that to be, what, the ducking, right? You're, you're heating and air. And if you live in Fresno, trust me, those are your favorite friends. Because when you're on the borderline of hell, you need somebody who knows how to work on an AC. If you're not laughing, you haven't been to Fresno. See, when we do altar calls in Fresno, it's real simple. Do you want more of this, or would you like sunny San Diego weather? And everybody goes, please give me Jesus, okay? So this guy, pur <laughs> this guy purchases this duct tape, this what would be like formula how to create it. And he says, I can use this for my ducking. But what he didn't realize is that at a certain temperature, this begins to fail. So what I thought was interesting is you could right now go on your smartphone and you can Google 1,001 usages for duct tape. 1,001. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a whole bunch of Pinterest. Go ahead and tell them. 
my gosh, you're going to spend one week on Pinterest with a thousand and one. All you ladies got excited, huh? Ooh, it's my next project. Here we go. And all the, all the gentlemen just said, yes, occupied the wife for a week. Yes. Sports, here I come. So check this out. But the one thing that I was created for is the one thing it doesn't work on. And it just sounds like the church. The one thing we're supposed to do as a church, most churches don't do anymore. Well, what are you talking about, pastor? Well, did you know the one thing we're supposed to do is just right there. It's to be a witness. But the truth be told, uh, Barna did an interesting survey, and we found out that the longer you're in church, the fewer people you invite. Okay, I'm not going to, listen, I'm not here, I know. The preacher comes in, supposed to be a guest, supposed to be light and cheery and excited. Let, I'll make it light and cheery. Look at your neighbor and say, where are you taking me to lunch? There you go. There's light and cheery. <laughs> Somebody got happy, huh? <laughs> I'm sitting next to that one dude with money. Praise God. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Okay, so here's the deal. So if you think about this, what I just said, it's actually, it makes very good sense, okay? Let me, let me break it down to you like this, okay? Let me, let me bring a little context. So I went to my 20-year class reunion two years ago, right? And so have you ever just noticed it's a little awkward walking into those things because you're like, did I age well? Do I look okay? And then you see somebody who don't look okay and they didn't age well, and you're like, dang, I got it going on, hey? Woo! <laughs> right? <laughs> was that bad? That was bad, huh? Bad pastor, bad pastor. And so, uh, you know, I'm really there for the killer buffet because it's at some fancy country club. And I'm like, man, I'm ready to get my eat on, right? And all of a sudden, I got caught up in a conversation, and I turn around, and the line is out the door, and I'm just, I'm bummed. I'm like, here comes cold food and leftovers. Boo, right? That's not what heaven's like. And, and so I sit down at a table, and I'm sitting with a, a friend I knew in high school. We just didn't really know each other that well. Her name is Amanda. She's with uh, her husband, and we're just having conversation. Other people are joining the table. And one of the, and I believe it was a gal, I can't remember, but I believe it was a gal, sat at the table, and she was tripping out that I'm still a pastor. Well, what do you mean? Nobody pictured this in high school. Do me a favor real quick. Picture that dude who nobody will invite to church because he's too far gone. Okay, he's selling drugs. He's at all the parties. He doesn't want nothing to do with God. Matter of fact, the only time he says the word God is in, you know, every other word, but in a bad way. And, and, so, and so check this out. Nobody pictured this. And, and I remember uh, this person was talking, and we were having this conversation like, hey, you're still doing the church thing, and it's amazing. I, like, I love what I do. And all of a sudden, she turned over to Mandy, right, and she said, not my wife, but this other gal, and she says this. She said, how come you never invited, my nickname was Chopper, Chopper to church? And I was like, ooh, she put the spotlight on you. And so me being a good friend, I gave it to her. I was like, yeah, what, you just want me to go to hell? Did you want me to go to hell? Look at that. You wanted me to burn for eternity. Look at you, you Christian. I mean, I was having so much fun. Nine months pregnant. She was nine months pregnant, y'all, and I was... Oh, it was fun. You'll get over it. And so I, I was just having fun with it. And, 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 and she knows I'm teasing. I mean, she knows I was playing. And I love her response. Listen to this. You ready for this? She said, I never invited him because I never thought he would go. I'm so happy when other people wrote me off. Jesus wrote me in. Right? I just wonder right here, right now, who have we written off? I believe Jesus is writing him back in. And now we're friends. I was really just giving her a hard time. Matter of fact, she asked me if I'd like to speak in one of her youth camps. Her and her husband run a Christian camp. And I was like, hey, that's so awesome. But it got me thinking. We got 2,001 uses for the church, but the one thing we're supposed to be doing 
And so my life message has become everybody can reach somebody. Everybody can reach somebody. So this sermon today is all about you. And I'm just going to break this down a little bit because I believe this will help you and inspire you so that you can share your faith with others. Let's start off with the very first part. He says, and you will receive power. And I think it's interesting because when we talk about receiving power, it's like power to do what, right? Like, like, like when I go to the gym and I see these guys who got like muscles on their ears and they're just standing in front of the mirrors and they're just ah, right? I mean, they're going really crazy and it's like, dude, how much bigger can you possibly get? If you get any bigger, you cannot walk through a door this way. You got to walk this way. You just got to scoot in, right? And it's like, and, and I got to think to myself like, like, is that, is that strength and that power so when that one guy who has that one car takes up two parking spots, you all know who I'm talking about, come on. Is that so you can pick that car up by yourself and just move it? I mean, like, what is that power for? And, and, and so when we talk about power, it's the Greek word dunamis or dunamis, and it means this supernatural ability that you could have this power from on high, but power to do what? And I believe if we really want that answer, all we got to do is look to the Bible. And we have to look to Jesus. In Acts 10, 38, it gives us this breakdown of what the power was for. It said how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth and the Holy Spirit and with, excuse me, with the Holy Spirit and power. How he went around doing good. Doing good. Look at your neighbor and say, do good. Look at your other neighbor, do good. And what? And healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Man, that's awesome. That is so amazing. I think about this power and I think about doing good and you know what I want? I want Matt to drop me off one day. I want him to drive me over to Stanford. I want to go to the heart surgery place. I want to go to that heart place where they specialize in fixing those hearts. And I want him to drop me off on the fourth floor and I want the power of God to come on me. And I just want to walk through that place and go be healed in Jesus' name. Get up in Jesus' name. Live in Jesus' name. And I want people to rip off their EKGs and start dancing in the aisle and run out of that place. And I want the news to come up to me. And I'm going to give all glory to God. They're going to be like, so what happened? I'm like, Jesus. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, man, I'm ready. It's on fire right there. But the truth is, he said, I want you to do good. I imagine there's probably about ten patients up on floor four who've had no visitors who got no friends, who people don't even know they're there. There's nobody missing them. There's nobody praying for them. I think sometimes we're wanting God to raise the dead, and God just wants you to open the door for somebody. I don't know. We're so busy like, God, will you open the blind eyes? He said, well, can you feed your neighbor? They ain't got no food. Right? I don't know. I just, I think so practical. Can I just say it this way? I bet you if we just run around doing good, we'd see the miracles and the good that we did, and, and it would follow us. I bet you in the process of buying groceries for that single mom who hit a hard month, I bet you in that process you'll see the miracle of that baby boy who's been struck with some type of asthma get healed in Jesus' name. God's just going to give you a two-for-one. Who here loves two-for-ones? I'm a, I'm a big BOGO fan, right? Buy one, get one free. Come on, somebody. Ladies, you should love me right now, okay? That's a prophetic word for you to your man right there. Pastor said, Bo, go, okay? You're welcome. I had to get that off my chest, okay? But we're to do good. We're to do good. As a matter of fact, I just want you to write this down. You're to pray and you're to show kindness. 
But what does that look like? That looks like this every day I go to the gym and I ended up meeting the people at the gym who work in the front desk and I ended up meeting the manager and all this. And we began to build relationships where I just started loving on them and encouraged them. And, you know, I found out they had kids, so I brought their kids gifts for Christmas and one time for Thanksgiving. I know this is completely antithetical and opposite to what you're supposed to do when you work out at a gym. But I went to the donut spot and I picked up 12 cronuts and I walked into the gym with them. And I was like, this is for all the people who work here. And people were judging me. Okay, newsflash, it's easy to get skinny. All you got to do is not eat, hello? It's hard to represent this body, okay? I got to eat a lot. I got to eat when you guys give up, okay? I got I to gotta go the extra mile like Jesus said. <laughs> so I looked at people like, excuse me, if you got a problem with it, you can run on the treadmill for me, okay? I'm blessing them with some cronuts. <laughs> and so I built these relationships, and they would tell me, hey, we're watching you. Your videos drop every Monday from your church and we're watching. I'm like, that's so cool, but I'd love to have you come and check us out. Now watch this. So I go back to the gym like, I don't know, maybe it was like a month ago now. And the manager pulls me aside and she says, hey, can you pray for my dad? I'm like, what's going on? So my dad just got diagnosed with cancer and we're scared. And I said, yeah, absolutely. What's his name? She told me his name is Bill. So here's my secret sauce right here. I remembered the name. So when I walk in, I was never too busy. Say, how's your dad doing? What's going on? How can we help you as a church? Does your family need anything? See, Jesus called us to be the hands and the feet. He'd do the power. So this is what I started to do. And next thing you know, she's blowing up my phone on Facebook saying, what time are your church services? I need to come to church. I need to give my life to God. Do you see where I'm going with this? Story after story I could give you, my church is built on what? People inviting other people and those people getting involved. It's built on this, what? Prayer and showing kindness. Prayer and showing kindness. This is what he called us to do. Why? Because then he tells us the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. See, we all know once we accept Jesus Christ, right, the indwelling, infilling of the Holy Spirit is right here. Now we've been filled with this, with this Holy Spirit of promise, power, presence, promise, and person of the Holy Spirit. However, there are times the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. I'll prove it to you, okay, I'll prove it to you. So all of a sudden you're having a conversation with one of your friends. And they start asking you for advice. And all of a sudden, you start giving them this incredible advice that you know is not you. Like, for instance, you're horrible with money. But all of a sudden, because the Holy Spirit came on you, you sound like Dave Ramsey. You got a whole envelope system going on. And like, oh, this is so good. Even though you're broke, it's all get out and in debt. You're like, this advice is good, though, okay? It's not from me. It's from the Lord. Praise God. But the Holy Spirit came on you. So what? So that you can shine the light and be salt for whatever that person needs. So the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, what? So that you can be effective in what you do. And what? Galatians 5.22 says this, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And it should say long-suffering, but in this translation, it's going to say forbearance. Forbearance. Why? So that you could do what? So that you can have gentleness and self-control. Because everywhere you go, you will not produce fruit. You will bear fruit. And this fruit is not something that you can produce on your own. John 15, he says, those who are attached to me will bear fruit, not produce fruit. Well, what do you mean? The only way you could bear fruit is if you partner with the Holy Spirit. So what does that look like, Pastor? What is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, you know the holidays are upon us. I believe it's only like 14 more Sundays till we get to Christmas. Praise the Lord. My favorite time of the year. I get to wear my buddy shirt. Come on, somebody. Yeah. 
Santa's coming. This is awesome. Now check this out. Some of you, some of you, I told you I was that one crazy uncle, and I don't drink. I'm telling you, this is great. So listen, some of you are going to go to Costco. I don't know why, but you're going to go. And you're going to try, <laughs> you're going to go get those gifts at Costco because they're cheaper and you get seven of them, okay? <laughs> that was good. And so all of a sudden, you're going to get in that line. You know that line is for three days, right? And you're going to be running out of patience and love, and you're going to be running out of forbearance. I don't know what the word means either, but it's in there, and it's good. And so all of a sudden, that person's going to cut in because so-and-so is going to be holding a spot. And they're going to look at you. <laughs> Who am I talking to right now? They're going to look at you. you know, and you got a stank face. You know you got a stank face. You know, you, know, you got that face. <laughs> but what? <laughs> But what are you going to do? And the Holy Spirit comes on you so that you can shine light. Because you're going to let that person go and you're going to dismiss it. Oh, mm, Jesus, help me. Pray, mm, you go. Praise the Lord. And all of a sudden you put your head down because you're praying underneath your, you know, your breath. Lord, help them. Help me. Help somebody, Lord. You're going to get up to the cashier who's already been cussed out 17 times. And all of a sudden her boss has been harassing her to do a drop because she got too many hundos in the cash till, right? And all of a sudden she pulls that thing out and says, I'm sorry, I have to do a drop right now. And you're like, well, 17 people cut in front of me, and you're the slowest person I've ever seen, and now you got to do a cash drop. And you have this war waging on the inside of you. Yeah, that war. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I just drove from L.A. traffic, y'all. You know what I'm talking about. Lord, the thoughts that went through my head. Mm, never asked the Lord to zap so many people in my life. So all of a sudden, this person who's just trying to do their job, is going to look at you. Are you going to bear fruit? Or are you going to fulfill the lust of the flesh? See, we need the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Why? Because you got to go to work tomorrow. That's bad news for somebody, huh? Because you don't like your boss. You believe he's a half-brother of Satan, right? Come on. <laughs> you... <laughs> I don't know how some of you ain't laughing. <laughs> Stuff that pops into my head right when I preach is funny. Second, some of you got to go to work tomorrow. You got to work in the cubicle. You got to work in the cubicle with the person who got your raise. And you know they lazy, and all they do is talk about people. But you know they kiss butt with the manager, and that's why they got your raise, right? And you wouldn't do it, right? Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? So all of a sudden, you got to go to work tomorrow. Some of you got to go home today with a family get-together, and, and there's going to be family members you don't want to see. Right? Because they don't like you. You don't like them. It's been like that since you all were like 12. <laughs> it all started over Fruity Pebbles and Rice Krispie Treats, but it's still a war. <laughs> My point is we got to submit to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to do something. We need him to come upon us so that we can bear fruit. They will only know what you display unto them. That's it. They say, you're posting on your fees that you in church. Well, guess what? You got to go back to family members, neighbors, and work tomorrow to prove that you were in church. It's not the church on Sunday. It's the powerful church come Monday. And so this is what we need to do. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and it's real simple. You will be my witness. This isn't optional. It's not optional. It's not optional. So I gave my heart to the Lord, and there's a reason why we stop inviting people. And you thought I forgot about that story, but let me give you the conclusion to the story. It makes perfectly good sense. 
So when I gave my heart to Jesus, none of my friends went to church. The only time they went to church is if a hot chick invited them, right? It's like, man, that fine girl invited me. I'm going to go to church. Why are you going? Because she invited me. I go, oh, okay, what'd you learn? Don't know. I sat right next to her. So, right? So all of my friends, are you ready for this? All my friends didn't go to church. I had a buffet of people to invite. So every person I invited, as I started surrendering and submitting my life to God and to the church and to seeing the spiritual transformation of my own life, I stopped hanging around the people who weren't going to church. Why? Because it's hard to go to the club on Saturday and show up for the early service on Sunday. <laughs> Plus, you got the stamp or the wristband, and it's obvious. <laughs> I always wait for those who are laughing because I know what you've been doing. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's funny. Okay, so what's my point? My point is you stop hanging around non-believers. Can I give a word to somebody? I think God wants you to go back. I think you got unfinished business with some friends, with some family members, some coworkers. I think God wants you to get your hit list back. You know, the ones you've been praying for that you said you were going to invite the church. I said, I, I truly believe some of you lived in fear like, but if I go back, I feel like I might get sucked in. No, you won't. You're a different person now. You got freedom ministries here. But God wants to send you back as an ambassador. God wants to send you back as a person like a Moses. He wants you to go confront Pharaoh. He wants you to go tell those girlfriends or those guy friends. He wants to go back and tell family members that, yeah, I'm not the same. It's all because of what Jesus is doing in my heart and in my life. He wants you to go make a difference. So here's my challenge. Who have you given up on? Maybe it's time we don't give up on him. Maybe it's time that we see the, the importance and the imminence of what he's telling us about. It's all about you, and it's all about you sharing your faith. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to say some things, and we're going to go out to the deep end of the pool here. We're going to get ourselves in a little bit of trouble. Don't worry. I brought floaties, and none of us will drown. Here you go. I'm going to say something. Listen. You can go to heaven because cancer took your body on earth. You can. You can go to heaven not ever receiving your healing here on earth. Did you know that? You can still go. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And you're going to get a glorified body, which nothing will ever touch you again. And all calories are free. Mm. <laughs> it's that face you make when the food is just so good. Okay. Here we go. Another step out there. Number two, you can go to heaven with a bad marriage. And a lot of people are. Hear me. Hear my heart. I pastor a lot of people. I was thinking about it today when we started the service. We had already had five church services back home. So we have seven on a weekend. And it's like, I mean, I would just be zipping back and forth to campuses right now. And it's like, this is how much it means to me. I will die empty than rather than be here full. I'm telling you right now, I believe in everything I say. And so I'm convinced some people are going to go to heaven with a bad marriage. But you cannot go to heaven if you don't receive Christ as your king. That's why this message is so important. Yeah, yeah, you ever just go through the Gospels real quick. Do me a favor for all of us who want to go deep, right? Let's, let's go deep. Go back through the Gospels and see how many times people ask Jesus for a healing. And he would say, hey, don't worry, your sins are forgiven. But Jesus asked for a healing. He goes, I gave him one. He'll spend eternity with me where there's no sickness, no death. <laughs> he wins. He wins. Do you see this? He wins. And so what? We got to do this. 
Let me give you this illustration. Can we get the lights in here, please? Let me give you this illustration that God, I believe God just wants to shine the light and show the way. God has called us to be this light, right, this light to people. And, and what he never called us to do was to be a flashlight, and especially a blinking one. That was not prepared. And it blinks again. Let's try that again. There we go. He called us to be a light, but not a flashlight, right, because if you look at this flashlight, what it does is it takes the focus off us and it puts us on like Chris, right? And what this does is it exposes everything Chris is doing wrong. But it doesn't expose what I'm doing wrong. He didn't ask you to be a flashlight. He didn't ask you to go to family members and point out their sin. He didn't ask you to go to work and point out their sin. He asked you to be a light on a hill, which is a lamp. Which just simply says this, ready? It simply says, hey... If you like the way I'm living, let me tell you all about it. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the light of Christ inside of me. That's it. And by the way, he doesn't expose my sin. He won't expose your sin, but he will give us free freedom from sin if we walk in the power of this light. So this is what we are to be. If I can get the lights back on. And then, can you hear me that, honey? He said that we are to be salt. Salt, right? And I don't know about you, but maybe it's just my culture, or maybe it was my mama. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a combination of both. But I absolutely love salt. Anybody else in here with me? Like, if you go to lunch with me and we have chips and salsa, the salsa's mine, the chips are mine, everything is mine, thus saith Anthony. And the first thing I do is put salt on it. Come on, somebody. But, but you're going to have high blood pressure. Then send me to Jesus, okay? <laughs> I'm not going with kale in my mouth. I'm going with Krispy Kremes. Come on, somebody. Take me home, Lord. And so I get the salsa and I immediately, you know, you got to dash a little. Come on, so you got to dash a little. Why? Because the Bible says that salt enhances and preserves. You are to go around enhancing people. Bring out the flavors, right? So a little bit of salt is awesome. But some of us come on way too strong. That's bad. That's, don't nobody want that. And that's us sometimes on Monday. That's, that's with us with some of our family members we're fed up with. Because he done told them 101 times she should leave him. And now you're coming on way too strong. What's more effective is if you just sprinkle. Say, you know what, I'm here. You need prayer? Yeah, I'll watch the kids for you, no problem. Oh, you want to go to the Bible study? Yeah, what do you need? I'll take care of that for you. Why? Because we're going to make a difference. So check this out. Have you ever wondered, does it really make a difference? Does it really happen? Let me give you a story, right? Let me give you this story. I'm going to close a little bit different than I closed last service. Matter of fact, the worship team can go ahead and come on up. Watch this. So I witness to a lot of people at the gym. Why? Because I constantly keep myself around people who don't know God. So working for a church, you're always in church meetings. You're always in this. I, like, I, don't, I don't do well with that. I, I, I really don't. I need to be out where, where, where people who don't believe in God are. That's, that's like my sweet spot. I belong and I feel at home around heathens. That's why I go to Raider games. They're fun. I got a whole plethora of people to witness to. Yes. And so I go to the, I go to the gym and ended up working out with this guy. His name's Dave and he's a farmer. Farmer Dave, no joke. And so I'm sharing life with him, and I invite him to church, and I invite him to church. And you're going to love this story, Matt. And so I invite him to church, and one day uh, uh, we, this guy would always get me to take these crazy classes. Like, like, hey, let's go do a spin class. 
you know, and I don't know what it is. So I'm like, sure, why not? And I get in there, and this lady's like yelling at me. She's going to like throw something at me. Faster! Ah! I'm tripping in sweat. He walks out there. Hey, Anthony, wasn't that fun? Shut your face. No, it wasn't. I almost died in there. Okay? She's mean. She's of the devil. <laughs> and so we work out together, and, and one day he, one day we're, we're in this other like step class. I don't know what we were doing. We're in some stairs class, and he's, he's fine because he's like that big, and then there's me, and, and he leans over to me. He goes, hey, I, uh, I need to hire somebody for my, for my office, and Long story short, I said, I think my wife would do great. And he hires her. He hires her, right? And so I've been witnessing to him, sharing life with him. And, and all of a sudden, um, Mandy comes home one day and she says, hey, did you know they were trying to have kids, him and his wife? And I said, no, I didn't. She goes, but she got bad news. And so my wife, I mean, you want somebody to pray for you, that woman should pray for you, okay? She got, she, she, she know how to pray right there. So she starts praying for him. Next thing you know, they have a kid. Then they have another kid. Then they have another kid. And, she, and he's like, can you tell her to stop praying? <laughs> shut it down. Come on, shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> shut it down, right? So, so she, she comes home one day and she says, babe, I feel like it's time for me to quit. And I'm like, we're church planners. We need the money. You're not quitting. <laughs> you heard the wrong Jesus. <laughs> and she goes, she's making a lot of money. I said, I said, I don't know, babe. You should quit. I don't know. I'm conflicted. And so all of a sudden he comes up to me at the gym and he goes, hey, your wife just put in her notice. She can't quit. And I'm like, amen. Two or more agree. There he is in the midst. Come on. She shouldn't quit. And so he goes, he goes, no, you need to talk to her. I go home and I talk to her. So one day I show up at the office and she'd already put in her notice. I hand on Bible. I'm not lying to you about this story. This is gospel truth. And so he says to her while I'm in the office, what do I got to do so that you won't quit? And I'm like, Oh, signing bonus. Come on. <laughs> Papa needs a new car. <laughs> you know, I was like, come on, babe. Go big. And he says like this. He goes, how about I buy you a new car? How about you get a Range Rover? <laughs> Hold on. I said it's him. He's returned. <laughs> it's Jesus. I said yes, 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 it's the Lord. And she goes, no. And I said, woman, you don't know what matter of spirit you were of. And he goes, how about on 22s? Yes, yes, yes. Brought a tear to my eye. And she goes, babe, I'm done here. Swag wagon, hashtag Astro van, here I come. It's seat seven, though. Why is there always got to be one spiritual person? Watch this. Phone rings. Phone rings. Yo, Ant, what's up, Farmer Dave? He goes, I got to tell you something. Voice will shake you another end. I go, what? He goes, I did it. What'd you do? He goes, I gave my life to Jesus. What? He goes, yeah, your wife made such an impact on my life and just watching her pray for us and the kindness and the gentleness and watching her being able to say no to everything I threw at her really showed me that God is real. And I was like, time out though. I went to all those stupid classes with you. I'm the one who invited you. And I heard the Lord said, I heard him say this to me, some plants, some water, 
but God gives the increase. God gives the increase. Fountain Church, I prophesy to you this morning that God wants to give you the increase. I prophesy to you this morning that God wants you to plant. I prophesy to you that God wants you to, to go ahead and start watering. Why? Because God is going to bring a harvest. God is going to show you that he's got no rival, that he's got no equal. God is going to show you why. Because there's an empty chair next to you that he wants to fill. There's an empty chair that he wants you to invite somebody to bring him in. Why? Because that empty chair represents a person. That person's got a story, and that story matters to God. See, you're going to be a lot more excited when it's your cousin, when it's your mother, when it's your father, when it's your son, when it's your daughter. Then you're going to be excited, and you're going to want to worship Jesus. Stand to your feet with me. Come on. Come on.